0: This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. This morning, our Palm Sunday message is going to be a bit different from others you may have heard over the years. I want to share with you, first of all, a scripture reading from Luke's gospel, chapter 23, just some selected verses that bring us up to the scene that we have Jesus there on the cross. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man had done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. Christianity is coming under increasing challenge by non-Christians, as well as by some misinformed professing Christians, because of our claims of Jesus being exclusive. By this I mean that Christians are being challenged and even ridiculed for saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Those who would reject the Bible as being Christianity is coming under increasing challenge by non-Christians as well as by some misinformed professing Christians because of our claims of Jesus being exclusive. By this I mean that Christians are being challenged and even ridiculed for saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Those who would reject the Bible as being the authoritative word of God, as well as others who seek to explain away clear Bible truths in order to find their own human logic patterns, say things like this. You've heard it. Oh, there are many roads to God. God is too great to be contained by only one religious expression. All of us have a little bit of light, a little insight to God. Every person's insight is just as valid as anybody else's. God can be experienced and known in many different ways. And every person's experience is legitimate, as long as they truly seek God and live a life as good as they can. Now, those words comprise a pattern of thinking of many who challenge the idea that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. They say all roads lead to heaven. Jesus is only one of many ways to get there. Does it seem strange to you that this kind of thinking is used only concerning religious faith? We certainly do not follow this kind of warped logic in other areas of, life, of our life. Not that I know of, anyhow. For example, if, if I have a medical condition which indicates I need to have brain surgery, and I think sometimes my wife thinks that is the case with me, uh, I do not believe that my opinion on how to go about the surgery is the same as uh, a newer surgeon's opinion. My opinion may be good, but not good as a doctor's opinion. And as we grow older, many of us find that our bones and our joints begin to wear out. If you have trouble with your knees, would you say that every surgeon anywhere can just fix that bad knee for you? No. I think you'll search and ask questions and get the best surgeon you can find to replace that bad knee for you. All roads do not lead to a full healthy recovery. And when you have trouble with your automobile, you want to find a good mechanic, don't you? If you came to me to repair your automobile, then you're going to walk away unhappy. Just any old shade tree mechanic will not put your car back into tip-top shape. So it seems logical to me that if we want to know about God, we would get to know the person who was and who is closest to God, the Son, God himself in human form. Jesus told us that the Father loves us each and that he is aware of our heart's deepest needs. Jesus said there's only one way to God and that's through him. Yes, there are other roads that people sometimes take, but they're all dead-end roads. Now, for the record, Christians do not say that Jesus is the only way to God. No, Jesus said it. He also said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. If this be so, that he is also the truth and the life, then we have to accept his statement that he is also the way. Jesus did not say, I am one of the ways. Does it begin to make sense now about how very important the birth of Jesus is? You see, the question is not about how we find God. The main question should be about how God finds us. We're the wayward sheep. Since we could never succeed in finding God through our own feeble efforts, God came down to earth to find us. We are the ones who are lost. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus marked out the way to God himself. The whole message of Christmas and the Easter story is the good news that God loved us so much. that He came in person. He lived a righteous, sinless life. He died on the cross, and he is raised from the dead, where he lives forever at the right hand of Father. Not any other world religion has that message. <clears throat> the message that we as Christians have to share is therefore not a message of arrogance. It is rather a mer- message of mercy and grace. Since Jesus came from God, He is the only one who knows the way to God. It is a road that Jesus has walked before, and that's why we as Christians preach Jesus and him alone. To say anything else would be to lie to people whom we claim to love. Yes, Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in him without delay, and you are fully blessed. There's a question I guess sometimes I'm asked as a preacher, and uh, I enjoy talking to people, not arguing religion or Christian faith, but sharing faith. And sometimes I get a question that people ask me, uh, and sometimes these questions are easy to answer. Sometimes they're not easy at all. There's a question I like to ask people, though, and it's this. If you were to die and stand before God today and God said to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Most people recognize that's a crucial question. And the answer I most frequently hear goes something like this. Well, preacher, I've tried to do the best I could. I've never hurt anybody intentionally. I've tried to be a pretty good person. I pay my debts. I'm faithful to my wife and go on and talk about all the things they do that are good. In other words, basically decent people are going to get into heaven. Only really bad people, thieves, prostitutes, murderers, those are the ones who go to hell. But there's a slight problem with this common notion. It's totally opposed to what Jesus taught. In Matthew 9, verses 12 and 13, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus spoke these words to the religious crowd, to his good people of his day. These folks were people who were, as we would think of it, at church every time the door opened. You could set your watch by their prayer times. They tithed not only their money, but they even gave their table spices. Now we're talking here about outwardly good people, What sparked the confrontation between them and Jesus was that Jesus had attended a dinner party thrown by a crook, and he uh, was sitting by the crook's unsavory friends. These people never darkened the door of a church, as we would say it. They didn't pretend to be good people. To make matters even worse, Jesus had just invited that crook to be one of his disciples, and this guy accepted the offer. The religious folks thought it was wrong for Jesus to offer God's forgiveness to such riffraff as that. When Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, he was not implying the religious crowd was acceptable before God, didn't need the forgiveness of sins he came to provide. Rather, he was saying that there's one thing worse than being sick, and that's being sick and thinking you're well then you won't go to the doctor for a cure. At least the crooks know they're spiritually terminal. By confessing their sinfulness and by accepting God's cure, that is his undeserved mercy through Jesus, they were made well. Some years ago in a church in England, the pastor noticed a former burglar kneeling at the communion rail beside a judge of the Supreme Court of England the very judge who years before had sentenced this burglar to seven years in prison. After the service, as the judge and the pastor walked home together, the judge said, did you see who was kneeling beside me at the communion rail this morning? Yes, I did, replied the preacher, but I didn't know that you noticed who it was. The two men walked on in silence for a few moments, and then the judge said, Oh, what a miracle of grace. The pastor nodded in agreement. Oh, yes, what a marvelous miracle of grace. Then the judge said, but to whom do you refer, preacher? The pastor said, why, to the conversion of that convict. The judge said, I was not referring to him. I was thinking of myself. What do you mean, judge? The pastor asked. The judge replied, that burglar knew how much he needed Christ to save him from his sins. But look at me. I was taught from childhood to live as a gentleman, to keep my word, to say prayers, to go to church. I went through Oxford, took my degrees, was called to the bar, eventually became a judge. Pastor, nothing but the grace of God could have caused me to admit that I was a sinner on the level with that burglar. It took much more grace to forgive me for my pride, my self-righteousness, to get me to admit that I was no better in the eyes of God than that convict whom I had sent to prison. Jesus taught us that good people don't go to heaven because their pride keeps them from the Savior. The only ones who go to heaven are those who see their sinfulness before a holy God and cry out to him for mercy. What will you say? When you stand before God, are you hoping to get into heaven by your goodness? Jesus did not call the righteous. Is your hope in God's grace towards sinners through Jesus Christ? You and I are sinners. And if your hope is in His grace, rejoice. You're in. Oh God, thank you for the fact that on this Palm Sunday we can remember Jesus and what he has done for us. And as we look forward to the celebration of the resurrection of Christ next Sunday, we know that we have much to give thanks for, your, me- your mercy, your grace for each of us. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.